Welcome to All About Adam Eve, a podcast about Betty Davis movies, <laughs> as well as our favorite character from Prime Videos, Invincible. I'm Alex. Just kidding. I'm... Just kidding. This is Podvincible, oh. a oh, podcast about okay. Invincible. That's the bit that we do at the top yeah. here. You might have forgotten because the last episode was on uh, April 30th, 2021. That was a long time ago. I am still Alex, though. That part is true. Okay. All right. That part's that part's true. I know you really stepped on the names part of this. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are back. We got a ton of stuff to talk about in the world of Prime Videos Invincible. We are going to recap and review the new episode that surprise dropped last night in his entire full-length episode over 50 minutes long, telling the origin of Adam Eve. It is called, depending on who you ask, Invincible Adam Eve, Adam Eve, or Invincible presents a special episode featuring Adam Eve, which is I like to I, say I think the they Adam- it on Prime Video as season 202. <laughs> Yeah, like the numbering was weird. I also like the idea that Invincible's presenting this. Like, mm-hmm. he produced it. He's sort of like, <laughs> like did introduce my friend, Adam Eve. Yeah, woo. So we are going to talk about the episode and get into spoilers for it. If you haven't checked it out on Prime Video because you didn't know it was coming because they didn't let people know until 10 p.m. Eastern time last night, go check it out. Comic-Con drop, man. This is Comic-Con fun but before That's we get to that, we've got up. a bunch of new yeah. stuff to talk about also from the world of Invincible. The big news is we do finally have a premiere date for season two. The first four episodes are going to start broadcasting on Prime Video one a week starting November 3rd. And then it's going to take a hiatus for a while and come back at some point in 2024 for the next four episodes. We don't know when yet. Obviously, they're taking a while with the animation. Animation takes a while. The voice stuff takes a while. Um, In case anybody is wondering, this doesn't have anything to do with the currently going SAG strike or WGA strike. Animation is on a different contract than that. So that's not any part of the holdup. They're just uh, they're taking their time to get this right is what I think is happening. Well, and I think it shows in the product that we'll maybe talk about with the Adam Eve episode, because I think this animation is simultaneously like its own thing, but still has the energy of the comic book in in spades. Like, it's really well done. So I say take the time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely take the time. Pay people what they're supposed to be paid and, and don't overwork them. Yeah. If you can't take the time, don't pay the crime, I always say. What? I don't That's know why it. I say That's that. That's not Does, a saying. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I, I say it all the time anyway. Yeah. Don't pay the crime is what Alex says. All right, let's yeah. talk about the trailer already. Yes, Pete is bursting at the seams because I made him just watch it. So he is ready to talk about it right now. As part of this announcement, they also <laughs> dropped a tra- teaser trailer for season two, giving us some footage there. Pete. What? We got two gifts, not just one. We got two. That's so special. Oh, my gosh. They love you so much. Robert Kirkman loves you so much, Pete. He said that in San Diego. He was like, this is for Pete LePage, who I love. (laughs) Well, I love him right back. LePage. Yeah. There was, oh, my God. I was there in the room, and 6,000 people at the same time said, huh? (laughs) There were a lot of Pete cosplayers this year, just Mm -hmm. dressed up in regular clothes, holding a duffel bag. Dudes with beards who are kind of angry. You're correct. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always there. Well, let's talk about this. What did you think about the trailer, Pete? You seem pretty jazzed. Yeah. Oh, man, it was super exciting. Very well done. It sounds like the voice of Optimus Prime is joining the cast. That's very exciting. Peter Um, Cullen? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And also, uh, yeah, just kind of like a crazy badass way to end it. Um, You know, 
seems like the super dad still being a super douche. Pretty much. Justin, what did you think about this? It sounds like maybe you were a little more mixed on the teaser. No, I mean, I liked it. Uh, it. I was just saying, I feel like that was a very harsh last line to go out on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should have never been born. I was like, that's the takeaway message we're walking but, away no, with? Here's what I think this teaser trailer was doing, was it was leaning into the conversation around the show and everybody memifying Omni-Man over the past couple of years in a very similar way to how Homelander is memed out of the boys. And I think they were they were conversing with that. They were giving people a new meme for Omni-Man at the end there that is super harsh. The whole Truth. speech was about, like, it's been a long time. I don't know if you're ready for this. And then uh, Invincible saying, um, I'm paraphrasing here, but something about, like, you have no idea what I'm capable of, I think is the line. Yeah. So definitely teasing, like, a even darker, potentially, season two. Yes, Pete, you have a question. Yeah, I was just wanted to jump in here before we change subjects. I think it's... Um, uh, a reference to the Adam Eve special episode that we saw because it was like she almost died in childbirth and then they thought she was dead, but then she was alive. So the kind of tagline to tie into the special drop was, you know, you should have never been born, which was, mm. you know, kind of the subject. I mean, again, I don't want to I don't want to blow up the spot too much, but at the San Diego Comic-Con panel after the trailer played, Robert Kirkman came out and was like, Pete LePage, that was about you. That was specifically well, yeah, about you. It's kind of fucked up that you said that because uh, it's it's partially true. So thank you Pete, that. I think you're. I, I think you're suffering nightmares with you guys. Wow. That's really. Good. Oh my god. We we can so tell. Uh, I feel like that's recency bias, Pete. Though that you think it's about the Adam Eve special because it's funny you just that watched you say it. So it. Naturally, you think it's funny that yeah. you say that. You can't co- you can't make that comment. Everything that comes you, out new you, and shiny, you're you like, have this is the best. Bias. This is the best. This is the best. <laughs> Well, before we do turn it back over to Adam Eve, I just wanted to read off a couple of these names here because beyond showing off footage from the upcoming season, again, they have packed the this cast, cast with Sterling K. Brown's there. Yes, Sterling K. Brown, you were correct about Peter Cullen, but a bunch of the other names just reading them off in case the title card went by too fast for you. They got Chloe Bennett. They got Ooh. Rob Delaney, Luke McFarlane, Jay Farrow, Rhea Seahorn, Carrie Walgreen, Chantel Vincentin, Cliff Curtis, Callista Flockhart. Oh, um, shit. Yeah, Scoot McNary, Leah Thompson, uh, Peter Cullen, Tim Robinson is going to be in it, Tatiana Maslany, and this is yeah, something we'll get to curious. in a second in case I forget to talk about it later. She does a voice in the Adam Eve episode, and I think what the Adam Eve episode is doing is it's sort of – it's not just a standalone thing that gives us more information about Adam Eve. It's also sneakily setting up some stuff for season two, including yeah. Tatiana Maslany's villain character, David Diggs, Ella Purnell, uh, Josh Keaton, which we should also talk about in a second, uh, Paul F. Tonkins, Ben Schwartz, and uh, Phil Lamar, among many, many other people. So that's very cool. Why should we talk about Great mix uh, Michael Keaton, son I wanted- Paul Keaton? And not everybody named Keaton is related to Michael Keaton. Oh, man, that kind of stinks, right? Yeah, totally. Josh Keaton. Let me throw this out I feel like you you got hyped for Calista Flockhart. So what? What's that all about? (laughs) So what? So what? (laughs) What I didn't know you were of a Flockhart head. What? He's part of the flock. Pete's Pete's the leader of the flock. What are you talking about, man? (laughs) <laughs> Name one thing of Flockhart's you don't like. I didn't know. Name no, one thing I didn't of Flockhart's that pally- isn't fucking a banger. I didn't know you were a Pally McBeal. 
You know it. <laughs> uh, the reason we should she talk about Josh Keaton. Solo, what's not to like? I mean, come on. The reason we should talk about Josh Keaton, and this is just throw. This is a theory that I saw bumping around once his name was revealed as part of the cast. Is Josh Keaton is one of the guys who does the voice of Spider Man for animated series. Mm. Prime Video is putting a bunch of live or was putting a bunch of live action Spider-Man series together. So they definitely have a relationship with Sony. I believe the animated series also stream on Prime Video. Could be wrong about that. And famously, Invincible crossed over with Spider-Man in the comics. So given that they're going to we they don't show this off in the teaser trailer, but they're going to be leaning into I think it's Armstrong Levy. Is that is that the name of the character, the villain from in the Invincible comics who can cross through the multiverse? They're going to be doing some multiverse stuff in the second season. Do you think there's a possibility that Spider-Man shows up and crosses over with Invincible on the show? I mean, that feels like a reach to me, but to talk about a cliffhanger to go out on in your at the end of your fourth episode. Or even if it's just like a quick glimpse or something like that, I wonder if they could work it out. I think that would be fun. We'll see. There you go. Very exciting. Lots more to come, presumably, as we head towards the November 3rd date. But let's get into the big thing, which is the release of an entire episode of Invincible, Adam Eve, as we talked about over the course of this episode. We get to see Adam Eve's origin. She was part of a scientist's manipulation at the behest of the Pentagon. He saved her, gave her to the Wilkins family, which is where we catch up with her in the main Invincible series. And we get to see her at age seven, figuring out who she is and what she wants. And then again, at age 12, when she first really gets her powers, exploring her powers, becoming a superhero, being in her first big superhero fight, suffering some tremendous loss. And then uh, at the very end, we loop back to the Grayson family and get a little bit of thing there. But oh, Duct that's tape the, man. the Wilkins, the, Wilkins family. Uh, no, no, no. The Grayson family at the end, I'm saying. Like, oh, the, the, oh, Mark Grayson. Yeah, Mark you. Grayson. We got the little tag there that we'll talk about a little bit in a second. Uh, but overall, I thought this was great. Uh, it reminded me what I loved about the series because it has been a little while that yeah. the fight scenes are insane and go yeah. so hard. And it always hits you with these deep wells of emotion at the same time. Great stuff. I was really impressed. Uh, across the board, I, I mean, I agree. Like this, it, this, this episode had a lot of Stranger Things energy, and I mean that in a good way. Like her origin, it dipped right into like the horror, horror sci-fi genre really well. Used, you know, story elements that we've seen before. But made them uh, deeply emotional, like the, the turn at the end where her mom was still in the tube. I oh. was like, not necessary. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> harsh. Yeah. Uh, but they they hit those marks. And the, the sibling uh, fight between her and the blonde um, guy who spent his life in the tube was Horrible. Tube life. It was that's, tube that's life. Right. life. That's Go rough. back to your tube, says the scientist. That's yeah, how I that's... feel when we're not podcasting. I'm in the tube. <laughs> yeah, that's that's tough. I mean, it, I, I felt like it was a little bit more kind of like anime manga horror, uh, just from those kind of like tube moments and that your mom's still alive but barely kind of shit that, that, that's just super gross. But like Zalbin said, this show goes hard. It leans into the violence. It leans into the horror. 
you know, um, I mean, but you had to know the scientist who, you know, is uh, that's my stapler is going to be attached to somebody. So, like, it was nice to see him, like, even though uh, he was in the shadows, like trying to care about her. Um, and then even though he came off as a creeper, they still had kind of like a nice moment before spoilers. He got shot in the head and then died horribly. But, um, yeah, I... <laughs> I there's that's the thing about this show is because it goes so hard, you're going to you know, you're going to cry. You're going to laugh like the part where she remade the family photo um, yeah. was just ah, oh, what what a powerful moment. Um, yeah, you you really get all of the range of the emotions in this. And it's uh, it's really well done and, and well uh, voice acted for sure. If you were redoing your family photo, who'd you throw in there? Mm. You can say me, Pete. Uh, I, you I mean, right off the top of my head, probably Optimus Prime, you know what I mean? Just to, <laughs> the, the is, your, is he your dad in this in this scenario? You, you don't think you were raised by Saturday morning cartoons a little bit? I'm the only one who thinks that? I, I mean, I was not raised by Saturday morning cartoons, but to back up what you're saying, the first time I rode the Transformers ride at Universal Orlando, and at the end, Optimus Prime leans in, is like, thank you for saving the Earth, and looks directly in the eyes. I started getting a little teary-eyed, and I thought, thank you, Dad. Yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> <Wow>. sure. That, <laughs> you landed that plane in a very different spot. You're just like, Pete, in this way. You kiss, you kiss that Optimus on the lips. Absolutely. On your way out the door. Absolutely. Uh, I love him. Um, uh, my my yeah. dad is Bucky O'Hare. Yeah, <laughs> Captain Bucky O'Hare. He's a captain. Uh, my dad is my dad, all right? Oh, so okay. I'm just All right. Oh. Congrats, wow. You mean uh, um, the dad from American Dad? I'm an unclear. Yeah, what yeah, we're, we're talking about, about the alien from about. American Dad, who I definitely know the name of, is my you're cousin. Al Bundy is your dad? Yeah, sure. They're all my dad. There's a bunch okay. of dads in there. <laughs> There's like There's seven dads, dads in, in a there. photo. That's what I do. Um, I, I will say I, I loved all this episode. The only thing I didn't, the only moment that I didn't quite buy was when Phase 2, who is the evil, blonde, goopy dude who is right. voice acted by Jacob Tremblay, after being like, you ruined my life for 15 solid minutes in a balls-to-the-wall fight scene when he starts flaking away Avengers Infinity War style and falls down in her arms, and he's like, I wish we could have been family. Yeah, but that's a classic kind of brother sister like you got you pound each other for a while and then once you got all out of your system you got a kind of a clear head and you're like what are we doing oh we could have had something you know but i think that was a fun kind of brother sister moment i thought that really spoke to the truth of it i'm with you alex i wanted him to say i don't feel so good mrs eve (laughs) (laughs) no i don't know I, i got that what you were saying pete like i understand that was the purpose of the moment and it didn't ruin the episode for me or anything, but it didn't quite track. Like there was too quick of a turn there. I wanted to have something else in the dialogue during the fight where I just think was trying to reach out to him in some way and be like, please, we can do this a different way. We can be brother and sister. We didn't get any of that. She was like, no way. I'm out of me. Stop pounding on me. This is your fault. Yeah. Trying to rip them to shreds. I just think some of us have love and anger a little closer together. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. a little bit more entwined. You know, you seem to have it kind of separated. Yeah, I got it all. Well, but I also that's interesting, Pete. Um, But I also think I I agree with you, Alex. It would have made more sense if he said something really dark at that point. Like, no, this is how it was always going to end or some like some horrible thing, because I feel like that's what was set up there. But, you know, I feel like even though this show goes so hard, is so dark at points. 
that someone was like, can you say something nice in here? Have him say something nice <laughs> on the way out the door. Yeah. Well, but it also, it sets up the whole end of the episode where her new father figure, figure Brandyworth, who doesn't know who her real father is, question mark, maybe to be picked up later, dies. Her mom, who is in a tube, dies. Her three to four brothers, I, I lost count at a certain point, also die uh, and flake away and goop away. So that leads oh, to that family on. photo thing we're talking about at the end and that moment wouldn't make sense if as he was falling in her arms, he was like, fuck yeah. You know? So yeah. I, I get it. I get why I was there and I get the arc of it. It just didn't totally track with me. I will, while we're working our way backwards through the episode throughout there though, that I love the fact, and I know this is like a base level superhero thing, but that Adam Eve spent most of the fight saving people at the same time. Yeah. I've we miss that in a lot of superhero movies and TV shows where everybody's just screaming and running away. The fact that like he's throwing cars at her and she's taking it and fooping people out on light slides and everything like that. Yeah, doing the Green Lantern moves. Yeah, no, I was really happy to see that, honestly, as a superhero fan. Well, I think Invincible always does a good job with that stuff where it's it is the comic book trope. But they they cut out all the like, hey, don't do that. You'll kill these innocent bystanders. I feel like that's the slower, more frustrating version. But just like a hero's going to hero, hero's going to fight these people who like they could easily resolve it with like maybe a quick conversation. But instead, we just go, go, go. And that makes all the difference in the way it it lands, I think. Yeah. Uh, I also really like the slow development of her powers. Like we're like we're saying you know this arc. You've seen this arc a million times where you have that first night of doing the Spider-Man jumping and figuring out how to jump all of all the discs. They even have a shot in there where she jumps off one of the discs in sort of slow motion as she's arching her back, which is straight up one of the shots of Miles Morales from Spider-Verse, the first one. But yeah. It's okay. Like, I think it's okay to do that stuff. It's okay to have, oh, and then her next mission, she goes from taking care of guys who are kidnapping dogs to taking care of Kill Cannon, one of the many, many disposable villains who shows up all the time yeah. in the Invincible Universe. So they did it well. Like, these are tropes, but as long as you yeah, do I mean, them the well, I think it's okay. The soul patch line was really hilarious that she dropped there. And made I think his name was actually gets beat up by girls cannon. If I'm <laughs> which is fine. Which is fine. It's canonical right? cannon name. Yeah. The the two exchanges back to back also were two of my favorite in, in the episode where he says, sorry, kid, you're not made for the, made for this. And she says, I literally was. And then blows up his arm. And then Brandy Worth comes out of nowhere and she says, how did you do that? And he says, eh, I have a lot of time with my hands. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Made me laugh all that. Yeah. Well, getting back to what you're saying about sort of referencing the Miles Morales pose and all that, like Invincible always was like a response to all of comicdom. It was Robert, Robert Kirkman's way of being like, this is my take. It's going to be extra violent. It's going to go hard all the time, but still have like, you know, Spider-Man style humor and comedy in it. And this show's just doing that so, so well at the same time. Like, it's not meant to be, like, a completely original take on superhero-dumb. It's like, hey, let's do the most fun version of all this stuff that we love. Yeah. Uh, going the other direction, a.k.a. the chronological direction, back to the beginning of the episode, I really liked starting this off in a place where we think we're continuing forward in time from where we left off in Invincible, 
with this lizard crew the led lizard by Tati, you know, lizard family led by Tatiana Maslany's character attacking a lab. And it slowly becomes clear over the course of this fight when the Guardians of the Globe show up. And then, of course, Omni-Man shows up. And then we get to see Adam Eve's mom. It, it was a nice slow reveal there over the course of that scene yeah. because I was initially confused. I'm trying to figure it out. And then you're like, oh, OK, I get what they're going for. So it was paced out really well. Yeah, there was this weird moment, though, when, like, they were getting away in the car, and then Omni-Man flies out and kind of notices it, but then he's like, eh, and goes back. And I was just kind of like, wait, why wouldn't, you know, like, he try to stop that, especially if that kind of evil dude knows him. Well, you know because I mean? it was like, too unrelated things is the thing that's happening. Like, there's the Pentagon Lab, which is where Adam Eve is being developed, these lizard people know something great is in there that the government wants, and that's why they're attacking. Brandyworth is using that opportunity to get Adam Eve's mom out of there, and the Guardians of the Globe are trying to stop the lizard people from attacking the Pentagon lab. So he's not trying to stop Brandyworth. Omni-Man is not trying to stop Brandyworth. He is just there at the same time. Yeah, it just seems like a guy who's secretly super evil uh, would kind of like be like, mm, I should probably. But he's not trying to reveal himself. That's the whole thing. It's back. Yeah, in he's time far away the, from yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. But I, I agree. You're I like this sold. a lot. And I, I especially like. No, what? Pete's not sold. That's all I was saying. Uh, yeah, no, he's ahead, undersold. Uh, I really like the switched at birth, the way they played that. I thought yeah, it was, was really smooth. well done. That was cool. Uh, and kind of messed up at the same time. Like, oh, your baby yeah. didn't die. Here you go. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the best news you can get in that situation. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, was the nurse working with Brandyworth, or did Brandyworth be like, here, here's the baby. It didn't die. Yeah. And I think this was like, happened. sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good to yeah. me. You know, I the, mean, what are you going to do? Go, oh, I don't trust you? No, this family needs this baby. So, like, yeah. it turns out they're horrible parents, but, you know, they had the potential of being great. I mean, the baby area of any hospital is sort of like a mix-up waiting to happen. Oh, yeah. It's they're a lot always of fun switching babies goofs. in there. Yeah, yeah, you switch babies just for fun. Yeah. See, they're all the same, sort of. <laughs> We're probably how, how brothers. We're that? probably brothers. Oh, my God. Probably. We look basically the same. <laughs> Pete, what did you think about Lance Reddick, the late Lance Reddick, as the voice of the evil general? How did that make you feel? Oh yeah, that was that was tough. But man, it was. Uh, it's nice to see. It's nice to get kind of moments like that, you know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's hard because you don't you know you don't know. It's kind of like the slow reveal of like, oh, here are these parents that are hopefully going to care for this baby, and then you were like, oh man. Did she get out of a bad situation? We don't know yet. But then we find out tube life is just worse. So, like, yes, mm. she did get raised better. Uh, but man, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of like real emotional kind of reveals over the whole kind of episode. So, yeah, I really liked the way they kind of laid it all out and uh, kind of designed the app. I thought it was super smart. And, you know, there was a little bit in the beginning of like, okay, let's get to, you know, her getting the powers. But it was done in such an interesting way. And that whole Val part was mm. also heartbreaking where she had a friend she could be herself with. But mm. yeah, I, I, I wanted to ask about that because that feels like a dangling thing in the middle of the episode to me. You think you know, Val's going to come back? Well, that's my question. Do you think Val is going to come back? Yeah. Because uh, they're, they're going to really, want to play I, with our emotions more. 
and mm. they're going to be like, oh, we left this little spot, soft spot for you, and we're going to exploit it. I think it was just uh, it makes Eve feel shame and mm-hmm. uh, for the first time about her powers, and I think that was a big motivator for her. So it felt to me like it was uh, it was a sort of Val one and done. Back to the tube, Val. Back to the tube, tube life. Uh, in the scene, was, wait, real quick though, does yeah. tube life? You think tube life's really that bad? Because it's like sort of swimming all the time. I love swimming. Yeah, but when you can only live in a tube, it's bad, man. You know what I mean? Like if well, you're on let, the outside, and you're like looking let's, and being like, "Hey, oh man, that tube life seems sweet." You're just kind of floating in some fluid. Yeah, the let, tube is always uh, the tube is always greener on the other side. Yeah. Is what you're saying. Let's just make a choice real quick. Just go down the line. Tube life or home life? No explanation necessary. Which one do you choose? Pete, tube life or home home life? life. Home life. Justin? Tube life. Mm. What? No way you would actually pick. I'm also going. Who's cooking your food? The tube. Tube just providing food. Tube food. (laughs) Haven't you seen the Matrix is the whole point? You don't. You don't want to live as a battery just plugged into a tube, man. Oh you want God. to live in Zion with all those weird sweaters? Yes. Get out of here, dude. Stay in Come the tube. On, dude. Plugs in your back and stuff. People the music their fingers and dance plugs. scene is unbelievable there. Come on, Is man. it? I don't know. That seems like a lot of people are very crowded. <laughs> it's crazy. You're like, oh, my favorite part about Matrix? The dance scene. Those guys go hard. Big DJ. Yeah. Uh, great. We established that. Uh, <laughs> speaking tube of food. Life. Couple of tube dudes. <laughs> in, in the scene where they're 12-year-olds and they're playing Truth or Dare, there's a bag of chips, and it's labeled Cheps, C-H-E-P-S. Do you think that's the brand name, or are chips called Cheps in the world of Invincible? I'm very wow. torn, personally. It's a very, like, it's a Valley Girl uh, brand, like Cheps. Yeah. Let's go get some Cheps. Okay, let's, let's go get chaps. some Cheps. Chaps. Chapstick. Yeah, so it's a brand name. Oh, oh <laughs> great. Wow, once again, we were torn asunder by different opinions here. We all, oh, well. we all have a take. Similarly, um, I really, I'll, I'll throw out another food take. Uh, would you prefer an olive and cream cheese sandwich oh. or a burger, which is the thing that Eve changes it into? That olive and cream such, cheese. I love, I love a salty treat. <laughs> Pete? Burger or olive and cream cheese sandwich? A burger all day or day. Wow. All day or day. You're going to die very soon, my friend. I (laughs) eat a lot of garbage plates. Uh, Too much red meat, man. That's like a burger that's been smashed with a hammer, right? (laughs) Yep. Uh, as we're as I'm working through my notes here, I like the weird detail that she's bad at basketball. Like she cannot make a dunk yeah. to save her life. That was very fun. I thought that was going to come back in some way. She seems to get more coordinated as she gets control of her powers, but I don't know. Uh, and then we, uh, I really liked the turning the book to glass moment. I thought that oh, was yeah, a really was like cool. beautiful uh, understanding of her first use of her powers. Mm-hmm. And then I also loved when she goes out to fight crime for the first time, and we got a Cruella Deville situation with two goofy dog <laughs> themes or whatever. <laughs> Uh, very fun. It was also very the funny. shot of them getting their heads covered in metal and then like dragging themselves. Yeah, the like the having to drag away. Pretty that nice. was really funny. Yeah, it was like it an inchworm kind of situation. Funny. It was very fun. Let me inch let me throw out another thing at you, and this might be me totally forgetting things from the previous season. Again, it's been a while, but one of the big through lines of this episode is that as Eve gets her powers, she realizes she can't change living beings or living matter uh, the well, yeah. same way that she you can. You saw that with the squirrel, you know? She can't be the squirrel master. 
Yes. She can't change <laughs> a squirrel into a puppy. And then slowly Brandyworth reveals to her that that is a mental block he has put inside of her um, to put some limits on her powers. It certainly seems like she breaks through those mental blocks after her mom and Brandyworth die in order to wipe the memories and change the brains of Erickson, Lance Reddick's character, yeah, as well as the scientist. Yeah, and she heals herself that way, And she too. heals herself. Um, my question is... And again, maybe I'm forgetting. She she still has those blocks in place, right, in the present, or has she broken through and they're gone now? I think I think this episode proved that she's broken through to the other side. In uh, I'm trying to remember the comic, and I think it is a later reveal when she like reforms herself, right? Isn't that where she sort of maybe does that for the first time? Yeah. I don't know. We should really check these facts. But it was definitely it was a question that came up in my mind and whether it's something, again, that will play into the new season in some way, potentially. Well, I like the way they did it where she went full like avatar mode to mm-hmm. reference um, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, like the the TV series, not the movie. Yeah, where like that was her. That. Well, it's an important difference in like many yeah, ways. I, are you talking about blue people or not? I mean, just say non-blue avatar and then it's an easier way to say it well but also there's an avatar the last airbender movie that's very bad so yeah but it's not blue it's not blue people so we would know this is a great debate uh, this is really good and i love it (laughs) uh but to get back to the episode for a second and throw another question out at you guys i know i mentioned this earlier but we get this Reveal from Brandyworth about her background. He lies to her and says that her mom worked in the lab when actually she was a homeless Mm. woman that he brought in to experiment on. We also don't know who Eve's father is. I could go either way on this. I think either it doesn't matter who her father is because – her mom got pregnant uh, as a homeless woman. It could be absolutely anybody and it's fine. But that does feel like – some in soap opera sense, a dangling thing out there that you could pick up later. Again, what do you think? Mm. Are they going to pick up on that in some sense in the new season or beyond, or is it just well, done in one like the other stuff you think? I kind of almost wonder because there's a moment where she touched his hand, um, you know, like if maybe he was the father, but now that you're like, they found her pregnant uh, before they knew each other. So that kind of ruins that theory. But I held out hope against logic because he seemed like a nice guy. Nice, but sort of inhumane in a lot of ways. Uh, for, <laughs> Aren't we all? For, well, I don't know about that. Uh, I think that'll be left. I think that to me speaks to her uh, lack, no, have, not having a family, having to sort of, put her family together, uh, like in the, in the photo at the final thing, it's these people that she are, is sort of related to her actual Mm -hmm. mom that she never knew and, and all that. So I feel like it is going to be something that's like, she just has, unless she signs up for 23 and me and gets Mm -hmm. connected to her father, a big Um, plot in the new season where she has to decide between 23 and me or ancestry.com. Oh, which one's better. I don't use either of those things, by the way, bad idea. Yeah. Shouts to that. Optimus Prime does the voice of Ancestry.com, I think. <laughs> does he? You must be psyched, Pete. Yeah. I, that's I, I, I am all that. of your dads. Uh, <laughs> I really I like the money. line from the scientist dude working with Erickson after Adam E. Bruce out where he's like, I told you those restraints were theoretical. Very fun. Yeah. 
And the last scene I thought was a great surprise mid credits where they just put up on screen. Where was Mark Grayson in all of this? He comes out. He doesn't have his powers yet. And he says, I'm going to be duct tape bad. And he's put duct tape all over him. You got this sweet note, uh, seemingly sweet scene between his mom and his dad before everybody leaves. And then Omni-Man goes through one million different emotions. I know. I thought that was great. I, I love that. What did you guys think? I mean, the guy's a fucking douche. Don't waste camera time on him. But he's I, the I villain the, of the show. A, okay. Yeah. Uh, I just think that the kind of sweetness <laughs> before, you know, that relationship goes south is, uh, you know, it's hard to watch because we know it's a lie. Uh, but the the mom being absolutely adorable uh, about the son and the fact that you didn't think about now you have duct tape everywhere. And this is really going to hurt trying to get this off. Uh, I agree. I thought it was fun. I will say I was about to be like end episode when that popped on there. So I think the timing was just right <laughs> yes. on uh, the title scene coming on the titles coming on. And then I, I really, I agree. I liked uh, Omni-Man having that thing. Like I want to kill all these people and then feeling that instant regret and actual underlying emotion. I think that's the perfect setup for probably what we're going to see this season. Because that's the – he is a villain and he hates humanity and eventually his son. But he also, you know, loves his son and he struggles with the, those two things. So, like, that's what the central problem with him. And, like, we read the comics and I won't say what happens, but, like, he goes back and forth a ton on that spectrum. Yeah. Yeah, that is actually a detail I remember from the comics. We'll look up the stuff about Adam E, I, I guess. Yes, please. I want to circle back to something Justin brought up, which is really interesting. Uh, at this point in your nerd life, you don't watch through the fucking credits now? Like, you that's not an automatic thing that you should know to fucking do? Well, a lot of times they take the credits away, and I'll go back and scan them. And sometimes, like, if you watch some Marvel movies, they're like – Here's the next one. And I'm like, wait a second. There's we know there's stuff hidden here. <laughs> it's uh, that's I'm what I'm saying. Pick a side, dude. What are you doing? Like you're you're, you're well, all I'm over just the saying, map. I guess I didn't expect you don't often see post credit scenes on uh, not the last episode of the season of a TV show. Yeah, I was also not expecting it. Uh, and I have the same reaction as Justin. I also right, as soon as a Marvel movie is done, I just walk right out. I just leave. No, Pete. Just a hard no on that. Yeah, no. We've we we know better at this point. Be better, gentlemen. Be, <laughs> Be better. better. All right. Any wow. other notes for the episode that you want to call out? Any other scenes or lines or anything that particularly jumped out at you before we start to wrap this up here? I like the babysitting kid. I thought he was cool. I Great. was hoping more for that relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, he probably went on to be a, a world-renowned chemist. Absolutely. Maybe yeah. we'll see him next season. I like the Lego tie-ins. You know <laughs> Alex, what I mean? <laughs> great Lego tie Alex, I feel like you're like, will we see this random character again? This extra <laughs> in the background? Big character in season two, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just looking for you're clues. You're psyched. You're just psyched. I like you're looking excited. in the you're episode. Around. As soon as you hit those credits, I'm out of there. But in the episode, I'm, Not I'm pulling through that. I'm pulling that stuff away. You know, it's like when you, uh, here's when you one order thing I a sandwich, say. when you order a sandwich, like I'm ripping that sandwich apart, looking at every it's, single piece of it, the bag of chips straight to the garbage. Yeah. How much would it cost? They're, to, they're pronounced chips. The chips. chips. <laughs> uh, an olive and cream cheese sandwich. Wait, what would I do with it? 
Yeah, How much would it cost you to eat one of those? Oh God, I would do that for free. I love what? olives. I exactly. love I would, do that. I would order great. that. Oh yeah. my God. I, I like on a menu, I'd be like, sounds good. No, if I had a child and they were like, yeah, I wanted an olive, I would be like, okay, I want a, a, a this isn't my kid. I mean, this is clearly. Do you know what I would say? I give a bad answer. That's when you earlier. say. That's when you say the quote. I wish you. Sh- you should have never been born. If you order <laughs> no, I would cream never cheese. say that. You just basically said. No, it. I said I want to find out whose kid this is because this. Is, I'm going to love you as my own, but there's something you know amiss here. I gave a bad answer earlier to the photograph thing. If I could change my family photograph to anything, it would be the Wilkins parents. Uh, because I would love for them to make me cream cheese and olive sandwiches every day of my life. And hate you are me. They seem like a, a fun family. Kid. Yeah. I'd love that my dad Wilkins to hate boy. me and my mom to make me terrible sandwiches. That would be great. Uh, before we wrap up here, what was the invincible moment of the episode to you? That's how we wrap these up, I believe. Uh, invincible moment of the episode. Justin, you got anything? Uh, yes. Uh, I th- I'm glad you asked that question. Great question, uh, Alex. You. I would say, I mean, there's a lot of moments I think that stand out here, but I, I think we talked about early, uh, the family photo replacement, I thought was the most like crystallized the theme, uh, set the character up for where she is in the series when we meet her in season one and was just a great, uh, encompassing of the whole sort of summarizing the whole uh, emotional arc of the episode. Yeah, I would throw out there probably the Avatar, the last airbender, Pete. Thank you. Moment, uh, Just say non-blue, motherfucker. <laughs> I could also the say what I said. Non-blue, motherfucker. The, uh, yeah. her, her really breaking through with her powers and figuring out who she is. Obviously, she is emotionally destroyed after that. We get that heart-wrenching scene of her collapsing and crying against the wall before she goes home. But that's the moment when she's literally at her peak powers, and that's the sort of thing that I think we're going to see her explore in season two as she continues to grow and continues to figure it out and continues to figure out what her mission is in life. Again, not spoiling for the comics, but that's something that is a big arc for her going forward, and uh, I'm excited to see it. Pete, what about you? What was your invincible moment of the episode? It was the brother-sister fight, the fact that she found out about a real family and um, he has a lot of resentment built up because she got to leave the tube, you know, and so he's going to be angry about that. But then through fighting, he realizes, no, I, I do care about this person. And uh, he, he dies in a very heroic Avengers way. Well, it is time for us to go back to the tube, at least until November 3rd when the series oh, returns. But if you want to support tube. this podcast and all the podcasts we do, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at Still? 7 p.m. I know, right? To Facebook right. and YouTube. Come back out. We'd love to chat with you about Invincible, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram and TikTok, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, this has been All About Adam Eve. And did you know, we Uh always like to leave you on a fun fact, uh, that was one of Marilyn Monroe's early roles. (laughs) What? Huh. (laughs) Fun fact. Fun fact.